Turn it up. This is another brand new episode of the Run It Up podcast. We going in on everything sports, pop culture, and everything in the world of hip hop. Let's go. This is the Run It Up podcast with Najee Adams. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Run It Up podcast. Um, I'm your host, Najee Adams, and we have a very special episode today. But before we get into that, make sure you subscribe to the Run It Up podcast on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. Our reviews are getting read on the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, we love you too. Make sure to download you want to follow me on twitter i'm at Najee adams underscore and the podcast is at run it up pod i know we took a little two-week hiatus because i was not feeling great but we are back with a very special episode today we got my boy keith mcpherson on the pod uh how you doing bro how, how you doing today Najee, bro what's good man <laughs> appreciate you having me on I'm going to steal the show right now. I'm <laughs> steal the show right now. All right? And then you can have the rest. You can have the rest. So Go ahead. Go ahead. When when you reached out to me, I already knew who you were. <laughs> I had already heard your voice. You got the voice, by the way. Let me say, you like, don't worry about whether you got that for the podcast, for the radio, for the videos. <laughs> you got the voice. So I already, I already knew who you were from a little bit over a year ago. More than a year ago, 2019, before I started talking Nets. Facts. Get the shout out. Get the, get your plug in, bro. Before before I started my own Nets podcast, I was listening to all the Nets podcasts out there. The Glue Guys, uh, I think Locked On Nets, and you were the host of the Hoopball Nets podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But Good I night. think I think you're a Lakers fan, and your co-host was a Celtics fan. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Damn. Hey, hey. I'm getting exposed. That's crazy. Nah, nah, nah. And then, hey, I'm not done, because then I'm like, first off, I knew you were a Lakers fan, and I knew your boy was a Celtics fan, speaking on my nets, and then I'm watching the Yes Network. And didn't they do a special on you? Yes, sir. Yo, I'm like, wait. Stop. Yes, sir. The Yes Network did a special on this guy. He's not even a Nets fan. Bro, but- the way the way that that happened, bro. So my teach, I went to St. John's. I just graduated. In- I knew that, too. So They showed up at your school, right? <laughs> yeah, so my teacher, he knew somebody from, like, uh, Nets magazine. And so, like, he gave me that. He told them about me and Hunter because we were both in the class. And he was like, he reached out to us and was kind of like, yo, like, we would love to do, uh, like, feature on you guys, like, and wanted to give us, like, the hustle type of thing, like, goes to school in this club, in this, in this, and then still comes home and does the podcast type of, type of view. So they really came to school, had a camera crew come in my dorm, like, it was crazy. I watched it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Plug me in, bro. Tell them I about me. You. I got you, bro. I'm playing. I'm playing. Like, I have commercials on the Yes Network, Nets commercials. I've done Yankee commercials. Okay. I'm what? blessed. I'm what? blessed. Like <laughs> I'm I'm plugged in, but not as plugged in as you are. When no, I saw no, 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 when no. I saw you on the screen, I was hating. I'm like, he ain't even a Nets fan. No, no, no. At least I'm honest about it, though. Like I wasn't trying to come on the the Nets podcast and be like, got diehard Nets fan here. Da 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 da. No, I'm I'm honest with my my Lakers blood, you know, but. But yeah, thank you for coming on, bro. I, I know you are a busy man, especially now with the whole big three Nets Twitter going crazy. 
So I appreciate you finding time for the Run It Up podcast and myself. Um, just to give you a quick rundown of what we do on here. Um, so when I have guests, I run them through the gauntlet. It's basically like this 12-question, some are phrases, questions, some are statements, kind of about like your life. Um, some are fun about like music, and then others are about like sports. And so, yeah, at the end of it, and then, uh, yeah, the last question is basically like a wild card where you get to ask me anything you want. And so I already know you probably got something cooking, so I'm, I'm excited. Um, so, yeah, we can just dive into it. Uh, first thing, I just want to know, like, tell me about how you got started in this whole jungle that is sports media with Talking Nets and Pinstripe Strong and all of it. Man, it's it's been a long journey. I would say I got started just watching TV as a kid. Uh, I've always been in the sports. I played everything growing up, um, football, basketball, baseball. And, you know, I grew up without a father figure. I grew up with just my mom and my sister in the house. So for me, it was the TV. And then when the Internet came along, it became the Internet. So I was getting all of my, I guess, sports and my sports fix on cable television, watching whatever was on cable I became a Dallas Cowboys fan. Don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> I keep then, it on the low. I keep it on the low. Around the same time, I, I became a Yankee fan and a Bulls fan. Don't tell anybody that either. I got you. I was I was a I was a youngin. I, I I told you I had no father figure. I was you know lost, no guidance, nobody to tell me what to do. I feel you. So I, feel you. I was figuring it out on my own, watching TV, and then the internet came along, and then once I started, you know maneuvering through the internet i'm a little bit older than you we had we had myspace back in the day <laughs> so i was i was learning the social media from myspace to facebook to instagram twitter mm-hmm. to now uh i don't do the tiktoks but i'm i know that's the wave i'm gonna get there eventually <laughs> I got you. It takes i'm gonna get there time. i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get there but as far as my professional career um i did go to school for radio and television uh i i will i will tell people that like this this wasn't an accident mm-hmm. i the first thing I did, I, I was um, I was varsity quarterback in my town, and I just love football so much. The first thing I did as far as, like, being on a microphone or speaking out um, in public, public speaking, I, I would call the Pop Warner football games on Sundays. And it was cool because they're like, you know, varsity quarterback, Keith McPherson, calling the Pop Warner football game. And I remember going into the booth nervous, like, <laughs> dumb nervous to call an eight-year-old football game. Uh-huh. But – some guy came up in one of my first games and he said, man, you got the voice and uh, you should pursue this. And I didn't understand what he what he was talking about. Like I talked to him a little further. He said communications. You should go to school for communications. And I'm like, communications. I didn't know that communications had broadcasting mm-hmm. radio television under it when I was 16. So time goes by. I end up getting a scholarship. I go to James Madison University to play football. I don't really like it down there in Virginia. I said, man, I'm out. I need to pursue whatever I think I'm going to do. And I've always had this sports knowledge in me, and I've always had this knack for the Internet. And I was like, I I just want to be somebody that gets to talk sports. I want to be somebody in the sports world. I'm not good enough to make it to the NFL. Uh, I quit basketball when I was 13. I quit football. uh, I quit baseball around the same time. I need to focus. And so I transferred to Monmouth University back in Jersey, my home state. I was born in Monmouth Medical Center, mm-hmm. grew up in Monmouth County. So, of course, I go back to Monmouth back to University. Yeah, I go back to Monmouth University, and I play football there. And I didn't really care about playing football. What I cared about was the fact that they had WMCX, which was an FM radio station, 88.9 FM, on campus. And then they also had Hawk TV on campus. So 
right away I was thrust into the radio and television departments, joined the radio club, and that's where you start getting your reps. Mm-hmm. So I started getting my reps and listening to my own voice. First thing you got to do is get over the fact that your ears are back here. Your mouth is in front of your ears. The way that you hear your own voice isn't how everybody else hears it. You got to get over fact. that. That's where, that's where I kind of honed the, the craft in the beginning. But it's tough. When you graduate college, nobody's just going to hire you with no experience. They're not going to put you on the radio or television. I had to figure it out. I had to grind. In college, I became a pretty well-known DJ in the bars, clubs. used to throw my own parties. I took that and ran with it and started doing private events, private parties, using social media to promo myself and promote my parties. That turned into uh, a couple things. I landed a job at Guitar Center which also helps what I do. I know how to wire up mics. I know how to wire up sound systems. I know about software. I know about, you know, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Worked at Guitar Center for like six months, and then uh, someone reached out to me, and they said, hey, man, I always see you with a Yankee hat on. I see you went to a couple Yankee games. You're a big Yankee fan? I said, yeah, I'm a big Yankee fan, big sports fan. What's up? They're like, there's this thing called the MLB Fan Cave, and I'm casting for it. And this young lady was a young lady from JMU. I had left JMU, but she reconnected with me, let's say, six years after. Mm-hmm. And she reaches out to me with this opportunity, send a two-minute video talking about yourself, your fandom, and why you should make the fan cave. Long story short, I made the fan cave. So that was my first like foot in the door. I'm working for Major League Baseball, and the premise of the fan cave was you're going to watch all 2,430 baseball games in New York City. You're not going to leave. You're going to create content, shows, podcasts, Snapchat takeovers, Instagram stories. Uh, At the time, we still had Vine. I was Mm -hmm. making Vines. R.I.P. Vine. (laughs) R.I.P. Vine. TikTok is, you know, the new Vine. And, uh, man, once I got into the door, I knew, okay, my life has changed. I'm not working at Guitar Center anymore. I'm not DJing in the bars and clubs. I have MLB on my resume. What can I do with this? MLB had a show on premise at the MLB fan cave called Off the Bat, which aired on MTV2's like Tuesday nights at 10.30. MTV2 happened to be looking for a social media coordinator in March of 2015, the year after I left the fan cave. And I applied to that job, and the young lady there, uh, I'll never forget her, shout out to Brittany, Um, she gave me an opportunity all because she saw one thing on my resume. I didn't have anything on my resume besides MLB fan cave, but she remembered me from the fan cave walking around. She gave me a shot, and I ran with it. I worked at MTV for two and a half years doing social media, working with Charlemagne, working with Nick Cannon, working with Jesus and Miro. Then I moved on, and I wanted to get back into the sports world. I took what I learned from the corporate television stuff at Viacom MTV, and I went to work at Fubo TV. Now, if you don't know what Fubo TV is, it's a streaming platform like YouTube TV, like Sling TV, like Direct TV. It's just cable, but it's over the top. It's mm-hmm. cable without wires, and they needed someone to build out their so- their social media that had American sports knowledge because they were a soccer-based company coming from like overseas to America. That happened to be me. I didn't even work there for a year. I worked there for about 10, 11 months. I get a message from someone at Rock Nation. Hey, we're really interested in you. We need you to, you know, send your resume. Uh, If you're interested, we have a digital marketing manager position at Rock Nation Sports Agency. I'm like, that's crazy. I'm like, for me? They're like, yeah, uh, you got the resume. We're looking to fill the role. I go there, and I kid you not, within my first couple weeks, uh, I run into, like, Yo Gotti, 
Fat Joe, Fat Joe, who actually was the host of Off the Bat at the MLB Fan Cave, like the universe never unconnects. I run into Fat Joe in the bathroom. I'm standing next to him. He's in two stalls over to me. I'm like, yo, Joey Crack. He's like, yo, I remember you. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, NFL players. I was the lead for the NFL players under Rock Nation. So like Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, uh, Geno Smith. Uh, I'm forgetting these guys. Uh, Isaac Rochelle, um, Ronnie Stanley. I'm I'm logging into these guys' Instagrams and I'm posting for Gatorade for Under Armour. I'm logging into these Instagrams and these guys are telling me what they want to do. Yo, you write the copy. Yo, I'm gonna text you this picture. Hey, get make sure you get my J's in the picture. I'm blown away. But that was around the same time that I I had worked now at three different corporations. And I had started to feel where all this stuff was going with the video content and the podcast. And I'm like, hold on. I'm watching people get money out here independently just from turning on a camera, turning on a microphone and building their brand. I'm like, it's it's time for me to step out of this anonymous behind the scenes corporate role and see if I got it. Let me just like take what I've learned from doing social media, take what I know from radio and school Take what I learned from Guitar Center about equipment and let me just combine all of those things and see if I could do it on my own. I, I straight up quit quit that job. I didn't work I didn't work a full time job from July twenty eighteen until January of last year, twenty twenty, when I gotcha. when I got my gig with John Boy Media. What I did in that time was hustle. Right? I knew the Yankees were my biggest audience because I already had a little bit of Yankee Twitter um, support, which Yankee Twitter is huge. I went to 40 games in 2019. I started a Yankee podcast that, that blew up pretty quickly because I had some help from some other people in the Yankee world. Next thing you know, the Yes Network sees me. They invite me to a game. They have a list of the top 10 Yankee fans you need to know, and I ended up being in that list. That's I talked to some of the producers. One of the producers has a commercial idea for me, pitches the idea for, to me, and I'm like, are you serious? You want me to do this? Yes, we do it, and things start rolling. And, you know, the Yankees didn't make it that year. But when the year ended, I cut ties with the people that I was doing Yankee stuff with. And I had already had connections with John Boy. I reached out to John Boy. And John Boy's like, listen, man, I can't pay you anything. But, you know, I like your style. I see what you do on Yankees Twitter. Like, you know, we could definitely use a guy like you. And we're working towards being able to pay someone like you. The first thing that John Boy gave me as an assignment to do unpaid was this. Talking Nets. And I'm going to plug it. And I'm going to keep telling the story about Talking Nets because I came into Talking Nets and all I really had was the Yes Network um, connection where they did put me in a commercial. And the first opportunity I got, I went and bought a Talking Nets hoodie. John Boy comped it for me. Mm-hmm. We got in a commercial and that's how Talking Nets started. You know, then Hudson came along and then it became Hudson and I running a two man game and everything you see from talking that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube podcast. It's just him and I. That's my young Jedi. Hudson is 19. Like I, br- He's at Fordham University right now. I brought him under my wing and he's taken off with it. And then also pinstripe strong. I do that with Joe's McFly, Chris McFly, who in their own right, they have a lot going on in the gaming world. Yankees Twitter. They're great co-hosts. I love doing the Yankee pod with them. And then on paper, if people look me up on LinkedIn or they look up my resume, I could do this social media stuff. And I do a lot behind the scenes at John Boy Media as far as like scheduling out content, planning content, creating content, tweeting from different accounts, 
keeping our numbers, our analytics, our social media docs, and just making sure the brand and the machine runs well. Boom. That's the story. Your story itself is crazy. But like when when you talk about being like this whole, you're kind of like a social media guru. So I know for me and a lot of people that listen to my podcast, like are st- someone who's still trying to like grow a brand and gain a following, like what tips, like what are your top things that someone can do to like get their name out there, like get people to, to come and listen and consume their content? Uh, I'll give you I'll give you three things and anyone listening remember these three things number one is to create what there is not everybody's reposting and retweeting and saying the same things we even see on Twitter people copy and paste someone else's tweet that got popular and they tweeted out just that's never going to get you anywhere it might give you a couple likes and retweets for the moment but like that's a flash in the pan that's 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 here one day and then it's like what do you got next so Mm -hmm. when I say create Create what there is not. I mean create whatever there's a lane for for you and also create whatever there's a void in the industry for, right? Uh, here's an example. Nobody in baseball raps. I, I don't I don't think I can recall one person really rapping about uh, their favorite player or their favorite team. I've done that. And and when I do that, it 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 goes off. Like I'm talking about like my last my last rap for DJ LeMay, you had like forty five thousand views. The one, I, I quote tweeted it. I remember. I was like, yo, my, my boy is spinning right now. And you know how that came to me, bro? I think I was watching the Celtics-Nets preseason game this year, just having a couple beers right in this room, watching the TV right here. And uh, somebody kept talking about, you know, DJ LeMayu, they need to pay him. And I was like, damn, DJ LeMayu, I hope they pay you. And I was like, yo, that's a bar right there. <laughs> I was like, hold on. And I wrote a couple more bars. Couple more more bars, and then I stood up, set it up, and I was like, okay. And then I got a beat, and then I put it together. So one, create what there is not. Mm-hmm. Two, content is king. Post, keep posting, always be posting. Create and post, always be posting. Even if you're resharing, because you can't create original content all the time, but always be posting. There's a reason they call it the feed. You have to feed it. Create what there is not. Always be posting because content is king. And third, do not sweat the numbers. The numbers will come. Do not sweat the numbers in the beginning because that is what gets a lot of people to quit. Mm -hmm. The numbers in the beginning, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's cliche, but nobody just jumps out there, has one follower, and goes viral. Those days are over, man. Those days of, like, I don't know, somebody going viral, like – uh bad baby or like <laughs> i don't even know who else to think of like you know what i'm saying like they went viral off of a, a clip catch me mm-hmm. outside how about that and then make a career over it Facts. like people don't really do that anymore if you want to have a sustainable career create what there is not always be posting and don't worry about your numbers when you start the numbers will come i promise you the numbers are a reward for the work that you put in when nobody is watching grind in the dark so you can shine in the light when I started talking Nets, it was quiet for us. I have screenshots of everything from talking Nets when nobody cared about the Nets with Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. Let's even go deeper. Rodion Kuroots, uh <laughs> Dazen Musa. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, you know, sir. I'm talking about end of the bench. Guys, nobody cared, right? And I even had some people now, like, stop trying to make the Nets a thing. I'm like, I'm not, baby. This is me. 
I'm a Nets fan. I'm from New Jersey. Like, mm-hmm. I'm actually, like, like, I have pictures of me at age 13 on picture day. My mom says, what do you want to wear on picture day? I said, let me get that Jason Kidd jersey. Like, that's just real. That's I'm not trying to make them, the Nets a thing. The Nets are a thing because they have three of the best players in the world. Lucky me. It was written. It was written. The universe never unconnects. So create what there is not. Always be posting. Feed the feed. Content is king. And last but not least, don't worry about the numbers at first. Don't be discouraged about the numbers. All it takes is one tweet or one post or one solid piece of content to do numbers. And then you get the audience and then you better deliver over and over and over again. That's a fact. I know the the last your last piece of like your last tip about don't worry about the numbers is a big thing because like you said a lot of people quit off that like they'll post a podcast it won't get that many downloads for the they'll post another one won't get that many downloads you're two months in and it won't get that many downloads and you think is it even worth it but like if you keep providing quality content people are gonna find you people are gonna listen and like like you said Rome wasn't built in a day like it doesn't take two months to create a monster like it takes time it takes hustle it takes grind heart like you got to put your all into something to get your all back you feel me like and that's just i feel like a lot of people like if the people that don't make it are the people that give up on the grind and like you got to find you got to find like pleasure in the grind you feel me like that that's just something that you you got to live with sometimes if it was that easy everyone would be doing it and nothing worth having comes easy, right? Facts. Nothing nothing worth having comes easy, man. Nothing worth having can you just make happen overnight. It takes time. Greatness is a process. I didn't become this overnight. I'm flattered that you're having me on the podcast. Like I said, I knew who you were before you reached out to me. I'm like, man, look at how things come around. Before I started my next podcast, I was studying this guy's podcast. So I'm on the Yes Network. Now he's reaching out to me. I would love to connect. And telling my story. That's crazy, bro. I I still appreciate you so much. Um, come uh, my I guess that was kind of like three questions all in one. But the second question that I had prepared for you was like, what inspires you, or like who inspires you, what motivates you every day to like keep pushing and keep going? So many things. Uh, I'll start off first with like, like who I am, my my name, my family name, uh, my fiance, my mom, my sister. Uh, my little cousins, like people that are going to come up after me, my future kids. Like when I wake up in the morning, I know that like the McPherson brand, it it starts and ends with me. Not knocking anybody in my family like they ain't do shit. But <laughs> I know I know that like I know that like the level the level that I've reached time and time again, you know, that that starts to build a legacy over time. And, you know, what motivates me is that like I've always been this way. I've always been a sports fan. You know, my grandma talks about how when I was a kid, I used to tell my sister about, you know, what happened in the game and talk her mm-hmm. head off about what happened in the baseball game, basketball game, football game, and she would never be listening. And I'm like, oh, I do that to my fiance now. And, uh, you know, that's that's the motivation because at the end of the day, I mean, I guess money is the motivation or success or notoriety for some. At the end of the day, we're all going to die, and not to be dark, but for me, it's like, yo, every every day, put into your craft. Every day, add to your legacy. Every day, work on something because you never know who is watching you. Just like you didn't know I was watching you and listening to you. You never know who's watching you. You never know who's out there and could be inspired by you. You never know who's going to take a liking to you and then tell their friends about you, and then next thing you know, they listen to you, and now all of a sudden, you've got complete strangers in your corner supporting you 
when you might have family and friends that don't. So those are the type of things that motivate me, man, my family name, my legacy. And uh, Joe DiMaggio said, you know, I, I play hard uh, and I'm probably, you know, this is verbatim. I'm probably messing up the great Joe DiMaggio's quote, but he says, you know, I, I play hard as I can every day because it might be somebody's first time seeing me play. Mm-hmm. I want to make a good impression. Every time I get on a mic, every time I get on a camera, every time I create a piece of content, I'm like, this might be the first thing that someone has seen from Keith McPherson, and I want them to feel it. I want them to remember it. I want something to stick out, and I don't want to be average or regular. You know, I'm a little bit off as it is, so might as well, <laughs> why, might as well, like, you know, make my content with something a little bit off that's going to catch mm-hmm. people. So that's why I do it, man. No, I feel that. That's that's a great answer. Even, like, how you were just saying, um, like, you never know who's watching. Even with the story, like, your story in itself, like, so many people reached out to you with these opportunities, and you didn't even know that they were, like, keeping tabs on you, and that kind of got you to where you are today. It's like building blocks. Like, you just keep pushing and keep grinding, and you eventually get where you want to be. And, um, I mean, I guess I sound surprised, but, like, man, I, I'll always be surprised. I'll always be grateful thankful and blessed to be in the position that i'm in because i wasn't always here you Mm -hmm. know and now let me not act like this is just a straight meteoric rise and descent when i told you i quit my job my full-time job i worked at a restaurant for two months i drove hella uber uh uber (laughs) eats and lyft rides i have almost 700 uber eats and lyft rides under my belt imagine imagine hopping into the uber with me and it's it's lit. It's a good time, bro. We yeah, out. what y'all trying to listen to? Where we, we going? Out. Oh, yeah. No, I got you. Don't worry about the directions. I know how to get over there. <laughs> but like I'm saying, you know, it. You gotta. sometimes you got to go through some nightmares to get to your dreams. And, and people are scared to do that. Um, I took the hard way. I knew I had to quit that job when I quit that job because I had a gut feeling. And for the rest of my life, I'll be thankful that I jumped out the window like that. You know, no risk it, no biscuit. If you don't take a chance, you ain't going to get a chance to dance like the thing about me is like I'm always gems, bro. You dropping gems. Hey, you said you took two weeks off. <laughs> They're gonna come back and hear this pod. They're gonna say this the one. Yes, this sir. is the one. Yes, sir. That's you know that's just how I how I live, bro. That's that's lit, bro. Um, so my my next question for you is like kind of like a two parter. Um, how how old are you? Thirty two. Thirty two. Boom. If you could go back to when you was like eighteen or nineteen, like even Hudson's age, like. What would you tell? What advice would you give yourself? <laughs> hey, I was a wild boy, and uh, they didn't have like when I was eighteen, nineteen. We had Motorola razors. Mm-hmm. You can barely get a good image with that. <laughs> we were doing things that were unphotographed, undocumented, unrecorded. So when I was eighteen, nineteen, I was a freshman sophomore at James Madison University. And I was only at James Madison because I was uh, one of the top quarterbacks coming out of New Jersey, and I got a football scholarship. But when I when I got to Harrisonburg, Virginia, and I saw that, like, this isn't high school anymore. You're not with your buddies. You're not with your, your guys that you played every level from Pop Warner to middle school to high school with. This is a business. You're, you're, you're owned by your scholarship and they tell you to get up at 5.30 to go run and lift, you go do that. And if they tell you to be at study hall, you go do that. If they tell you to be at practice, you do that. So 18, 19-year-old me was like, all right, if I got to do all I'm going to get drunk and party when I'm not doing all that. Mm-hmm. And that's all I really did in college was drink and party 
Try and find girls. Try and stay out all night finding the next spot. Where we at? Because nothing uh-huh. was recorded. Nothing was photographed. And I was a student athlete partier, but it was uh, in the reverse order. Not mm-hmm. even. I was a partier, athlete, student. Gotcha. I, I like. I just didn't. I was. I was far from home. Spider Man, far from home. Um, <laughs> I was just like in a different world, bro. I was like, I just. I wasn't thinking about where I currently am at 18, 19, it's too hard to even visualize. Mm -hmm. What I was thinking was, you know, I got a choice to make. And when I was 19 going on 20, I made a choice to leave James Madison. I'm like, I don't like it here. I'm not enjoying football anymore. Football was my first love. Like the way I love my craft now, I used to tell people there's nothing more I'd rather do than score a touchdown. There's nothing more I'd rather do than, you know, make a nice throw, have a nice run win the game, see my name in the paper. And I got over that in college. So I needed to kind of restore the feeling. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to restore the feeling down there in Virginia. You know, like them Bama's down there. It's different. Like, you know, once you cross that Mason-Dixon line, Uh player like me, like I I stick out like a sore thumb. And I I come from the Jersey Shore. I speak pretty proper. I speak pretty well, enunciate my words, all that. In, you know, 2007, 2008, when I was down there, it, it was uh, at times it, w- it was rough for me. I was a fish out of water. So the advice that I would give to my 19, 18, 19 year old self is is continue to trust your gut. Right. Because I, I decided to leave that school transferring school. That's you, you decide to transfer and leave your school. That's a life altering event. So what I would say at 32, looking back at my 18, 19 year old self is, you know, trust your gut like. You know yourself better than anybody else. You know your heart. You know your intentions. You know where you're going to go in this world. It's going to take a lot to get there, but always trust your gut feeling. If it don't feel right to you, if you're losing sleep over something, if something just makes you feel a little bit off, that means it's not right with you and the universe, so you need to make a change. And I'm glad I did it at 18, 19, and looking back, I would tell myself to continue to just trust your gut. I feel that. Um, I'm very interested in your whole college football quarterback saga like what kind of QB were you were you like a pocket <laughs> passer you scrambling like Lamar Jackson like what what was you on I was a I was a dual threat I was I, you. I think they I, they ranked me as the number three quarterback in the state and I think the number two dual threat I went to the New York versus New Jersey all-star game at West Point, and I proved that I was the best one. Walled mm-hmm. out. I got to go find that. That that tape is on. That's on DVD. Yes, sir. There Your we boy go. washed. They don't even have it online. <laughs> you can't stream it. You can't download it. It's not on YouTube. I got to go find the physical DVD. But, yeah, I was a runner, man. Uh, in, in, <laughs> in high school, I used to get a buck rushing, 100, 100 yards oh, rushing, oh. like almost every other game. You know, a thousand yards a season, and I could sling it too. That's how I got to the next level. You're not going to mm-hmm. get a college quarterback scholarship at a Division One school if you can't throw it. But once I got to college, I was like, "Man, this playbook is heavy. <laughs> These dudes are grown. I'm 18. There's dudes on my team with kids. There's dudes on my team that like their biceps have biceps. I'm not ready for this. And I knew I had to get out. And I knew that you know I'm a fan, right? Mm-hmm. You watch college, you watch the NFL. I'm 6'1", 190. And when I went to Monmouth, when I transferred to Monmouth, I went to Monmouth. I didn't play one snap at quarterback. I went in there trying to 
kick return, punt return, be like a slash, like offensive weapon, mm-hmm. athlete, like receiver. But I never had the the quickness, the like quick twitch. I could open up my stride. Once I get in the open field, I'm out of there. But mm-hmm. I never had that quick, ah, like in between cuts and breaks to be a receiver. So I was just in a great area where I was like, I'm not going to make it to the league. I'm not as strong as these guys. I'm not as fast as these guys. I'm not as big as these guys. But you know what I have that a lot of these guys around me don't have? Other skills outside of football. A lot of my friends and buddies that I was on the football team with, I'm like, these guys got rocks for brains. Like, uh-huh. They're about dumb as shit. They're never gonna. They're never gonna do anything. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm not stuck like that. I knew. I'm like, I'm not the worst looking dude. I can speak well. I got good grades. Like, I'm gonna figure it out in the entertainment world. I'm gonna figure it out in the sports industry. I don't have to be riding on my physical body to get me to the bag. And then now at 32, I'm sure when I stand up out of this chair, I'm gonna be like. Ah, my uh-huh. back, uh-huh. My, my neck, and my back. I don't know. I don't know how I would have been able to play NFL football. No way. No yeah, way. Sure. No way. For sure. Um, you made the far from home reference. Like, do you? Are you an MCU fan? Like, is that? Are you into like the Marvel movies and stuff like that? Of course, man. I, I you can't uh you can't see my Black Panther uh let's see I I don't know if I could turn the camera, but I got like no. Nah, it's not gonna turn. It's connected. I, I don't wanna. I don't wanna lose it. But I got Black Panther up there. I got Vegeta up there. I got Finn from Adventure Time. I used to be like big comic book nerd, mm-hmm. and like, of course, MCU is the greatest. I used to just be a big Batman guy. That's I was my that, favorite I was, superhero. I was that guy on campus. I used to have a Batman book bag with like Batman's like pecs and the uh-huh. Batman. So I would just be walking around with like a set of pecs and abs on my back. People knew me as as the Batman kid. I've always been into comics, um, Justice League, and then like when I was younger, it was it was uh, you know WB eleven. It was Superman Adventures. It was um, Batman the animated series. It was Batman Beyond. And then, like, DC fell off. Marvel started making the X-Men movies and then the Spider-Man movies and then the whole mm-hmm. MCU universe. They just, done. They done. Just shot off. Avengers, done. It's crazy. Done. It's crazy. Nah, um, all right, so if you could only listen to one artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? Man. Hmm. And that's a tough one, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be somebody with a catalog, a deep catalog, right? It's got to be someone with music for every mood. Yeah, it's probably Drizzy, bro. And I, it used to be Drake. Thank you. It's probably, or it used to be, uh, it used to be Hove. It used to be Jay Z for me. But like, you know, I would get to like if if I if I picked Hove, I would get to twenty twenty, and all I'd have is the J Electronica verses to go <laughs> off that's, of. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, <laughs> nah, like. Drizzy's like catalog, his collection of music. Crazy. I don't think people Crazy. really understand. Like it's permanent. Like, like we're all gonna be dust, and centuries from now, they still gonna be listening. They're to gonna this. be like, listen, <laughs> seeing you got ritualistic. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> nah, that's who. When when it was asked to me, that's who I picked too. Because I feel like he has a song for every mood. Like you, if you feel like you're in your bag and you're sad, like Marvin's room. You know, like, it, and that's just one of them. That's just the most popular. Cups of the Rose. Exactly. Like, <laughs> if you're trying to party, he got songs for that. If you, like, whatever you're trying to do, he, he, can, he can get you there. 
So that's Jersey would be my pick too. So that's, yeah, it's, it's Drake. It's Drake. It's not Kanye. It's not Kanye. Nah. Uh, no, in hip hop, who else has who else has that? Like I used to be a big J Cole fan. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm waiting for the off season. He's been uh, teasing me it. Me too. I'm waiting. Drop I'm waiting. that. Like drop that. Uh, you know, it, it would be Hove, but it, it's not Hove anymore because Hove is kind of aged out. He's got kids. It's Drake, and that's the thing about Drake. Drake's been around a decade. He's got another decade to go, and he's permanent. I'm telling you, he's permanent. Every generation will be listening to Drake. I think Yeezy said that. Every generation is going to be listening to Drake for hundreds of years. That's a fact, bro. Um, I'm glad that we talked about your football background because now this question makes even more sense. Um, you line up to run a 40-yard dash, bro. What's your time? So my best time, which I stand on – I went to the Penn State Combine in Happy Valley, Nitty Lions, in 2006, mm-hmm. and Myron Roll was in my group. LaShawn McCoy was in my group. Uh, Joe Hayden was not far from me. Mm-hmm. What other names were out there that were big names back then? Myron Roll went before me, and he ran a 4-6. And I'm like, yo, I, like, it's, it, it was just a lot. Like I'm like, all right, I got to. I got I got I got to run 4 or 5. All these scouts are here. I got to run 4 or 5. Even as a dual threat quarterback, I'm like that's going to put me there. And I lined up and I ran my 40 and I ran a 453 laser. Damn. At Penn State. You can look it up. If you got keithmcpherson like they did have internet back then. Gotcha. They, didn't, they didn't have the game on the internet back then, uh-huh. but they had the numbers. I ran I'm a 4 or 5 guy. Right now, right now if I lined up, <laughs> what you run it right now? I can get you a, a four eight. Okay, that's still better than average, bro. I'm telling you. I can. I think I could get a, at least a four eight, um, or at 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 slowest a four eight. Mm-hmm. It's only forty yards. That's crazy. The four five is the four five is tough. Yeah, you got you got to be proud of that stand on that. Like I am. Said. I am because it's on the internet. If somebody uh-huh. wanted to pull my card and say, "Man, uh-huh. you weren't that fast," nah. Laser time at the Nike Combine, <laughs> Penn State. Keith McPherson, dual threat quarterback, Ocean Township, New Jersey. 4.53. It was on the big yes, board. And I was like, go. thank you, Lord. I'm going to get a scholarship. <laughs> Perfect, bro. All right. Um, so you're big on Twitter. Mr. Hollywood himself. Uh, well, who are your top three favorite Twitter follows? Like must follows for you. Must follows on Twitter. Who do I like the most on Twitter? Man, I follow almost 2,000 people. I don't want to throw out any of my my colleagues because they're my they're my boys, you know. I'll, you. I'll throw them as bonuses at the end. But who do I really like on Twitter that smashes it on Twitter? I like what Rex Chapman does on Twitter. He actually just followed Talking Nets. Me yeah, and Hudson were like, "Yo, we we are we in there?" I like what Rex Chapman does because obviously he's a former basketball player, Kentucky guy, playing the NBA. But he did a lot to speak out against injustice, uh, racial inequality. Uh, Donald Trump. I appreciate what what Rex Chapman did with his platform because I also did the same, but mine is a lot smaller. I had a lot of people unfollow me because of my stance on the election. I told people, "Fuck Donald Trump." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like I was tweeting that out every day. So I like Rex Chapman, and uh, in the baseball world, I love the like reporters, and even in the basketball world, right. Like in basketball, you gotta follow Shams, you gotta follow Woj. In the mm-hmm. baseball world, you gotta follow like Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal. I love following those guys. Uh, 
man, Nets Twitter, I, I won't put one person, but Nets Twitter and Yankee Twitter, ha- they both have some creative people, not just me That's or, you know, John Boy Media. There's That's people that just make dope memes, jokes, take stats, mm-hmm. stories, and flip them. So my favorite follows, I threw Rex Chapman out there. I also like... You know, everybody on Yankees Twitter, Nets Twitter, and then the bonus, Joe's McFly. That's my guy. He's a guy that started Pinstripe Strong. That's the Yankee podcast I'm on. And then, of course, John Boy. What John Boy has been able to do, like, people don't realize I was on Yankees Twitter before John Boy and a lot of these people because I was in the fan cave in 2014. It wasn't called Yankees Twitter until, like, 2017. But what John Boy has been able to do from tweets to making videos to now having his own treatment called the breakdown, the John Boy treatment, making a breakdown on any sports clips that go viral, and he makes them more viral, to building a business, a company, a brand that employs me, that pays for my rent, mm-hmm. that you know is helping me reach another level. He got it out the mud on Twitter. He was tweeting from his mom's attic. And he turned it into an empire, and that was able to bring in people like Joe's, people like me, obviously his right man, right hand man talking Jake. And now we're building something all with just like content creators that met through Yankees Twitter. It's mm-hmm. it's actually remarkable. And I think in time when we're older, you know, people are gonna look back like, yo, we really just use Twitter to come up. Like every day just tweeting our thoughts mm-hmm. and our opinions and going back and forth with people and we built a following and next thing you know we built a brand and a business and a company and, and I think John Boy Media is on its way to standing next to the bleacher reports, the ringers, the bar stools, the you know, whatever is in sports media. No, nah, that's that the the everyone you said is a is a must follow and not nah, out looking from the outside in at John Boy, like y'all are doing some incredible stuff, bro. So shout out to you. Shout out to everybody at John Boy. Keep pushing, keep grinding. Y'all gonna get to the top. I already see that. Um I wanna get to the net stuff, but I had one more question for you, bro. Um I got time. I got time. Got you. Perfect. Um so I shout out to all the smoke because they asked Kelly Ubre this and I was like, damn, that's a good question. Top five get dinner guests dead or alive, that you feel like you would have a great night with? Top five dinner guests. And shout out to uh, All the Smoke. I love their pod. I, I was listening to the Ken Griffey Jr. episode a couple weeks ago and Allen Iverson, and, I mean, they, they kill it. Um, I got to listen to the Kelly Oubre one. I'm just not really a big Kelly Oubre fan. I don't know. But uh, top five, man, dead or alive. Hmm. We just passed MLK Day. I would put Martin Luther King at that table. That's a I feel like right there. I feel like yesterday was an awkward Martin Luther King day. I said that on Talking Nets today. I was like, how awkward was it seeing the pictures and videos and posts of I have a dream and the speech mm-hmm. on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C.? Crazy. crazy. Two weeks after what we saw go down in Washington, D.C.? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, man. yo, did we go backwards? That was 60-some years ago. So Martin Luther King, for me, just as a black man, just as a, a, a African-American mm-hmm. and a native, right? I always make sure I tell people, like, like my, my parents aren't from Jamaica or Haiti or Africa. Like, like I'm, I'm full black. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just an American native black person. Like, that's a different experience when your own country basically shows that they don't like you and shows that they don't want you here and you have nowhere else that you can say you're from. But don't exactly. let me don't let me go down that whole. Uh... No, bro, that's a fact though, <laughs> and a lot of people don't like to 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 like get into that and give that light. But like everything you just said is a hundred percent truthful. Like it, 
for for you to live somewhere and like want to take pride in living here and then that same country basically spit in your face and yes. sh- show you over that and over and over multiple again multiple times on on 4th of July I saw somebody start a a post up where they're like we're not wearing red white and blue we're wearing black on 4th of July this year and I was like nah no I'm not I'm American and America was built on the back of black people and it's still being built on the backs of black people. American culture is African American culture. This these sports and this music, we are giving y'all that and have exactly. given y'all that for years. We are the cool ones. We make shit dope. We make it move. So when people are why- like that's why cultural appropriation is such a big issue that people don't yeah. even really like look into. Like a lot of the stuff that is popping right now, we like. I'm also an African American black man. Like we got that popping. Like we started that. We start so many trends without, that then without get appropriated. All the, without all the pomp and circumstance and accolades, when we start some, no, we don't like it when y'all do it. Elvis takes it and flips it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's crazy." That's it now, and it's like. Macklemore won album of the year over Kendrick Lamar. That doesn't this, even sound right, bro. This is America. That's why Donald Glover <laughs> dropped. This is America. But man, we could have a whole pot on just that. And I, I don't shy away from the conversation because this year changed me. I grew up thinking that I had to just be a shining example of an African-American male. I grew up thinking that I had to turn the other cheek to racism and hatred and not say anything and just be better and be excellent. And then when I saw what went down this year, I said, yo, nah, I'm, anybody that's watching me, they're going to hear how I really feel about this on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever. So, And if you, don't, I, if you don't agree and if you don't like what I'm saying about fuck Donald Trump and all that, then you don't need to follow me. You don't need to consume my content. I don't need that. That's wh- how. Right. Why would you support me and then support someone that it, it's, it, it, you can't have both? That's what I tell people. Oh, and, and I don't want to be your exception. I don't want to be your safe Negro. I don't want to be the, the right. black guy that you like to hear talk about baseball. If you don't like black people, then you don't like me. Goodbye. Exactly. So Straight Martin, like that. Martin Luther King won. Mm-hmm. And let's go. Someone from football, right? Uh, my favorite my favorite football player growing up was Troy Aikman. Um, I just, I don't know. Cowboys fan. I wore number eight. For Troy Aikman. There we go. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And he just inspired me as a young kid. I watched him win a couple Super Bowls. I, I want to meet him and tell him, yo, they, they used to call me the great number eight, and they didn't know I was wearing number eight for you. Uh-huh. So Martin Luther King, that's one dead. Troy Aikman is alive. So we'll go dead again, I guess. I don't know. And let's go. <laughs> <laughs> or alive. Let's go basketball. MJ. Mm-hmm. It's another person that inspired me as a kid from Space Jam to the shoes to just winning championships and you seeing someone win over and over again. Get tired of winning. Say, I'm going to take a new challenge on and go play baseball. Would love to meet MJ, sit at a table. Martin Luther King, Troy Aikman, MJ. Let's put somebody else on that's not sports related. I put a football player on, a basketball player on. I should probably put a baseball player on. Ken Griffey Jr. I was just saying how... You know, Ken Griffey was on all, uh, all the smoke, and I, I got to hear how he talked about Ken Griffey Sr., his dad. And, man, he's just got a lot to share about his experience in the game and how he came up in baseball. And he inspired me as a kid, even though I'm a Yankee fan and he hated the Yankees and Yankees 
um, fans should hate the Mariners for beating us in 95 and all that. I would love to sit down with Martin Luther King, Troy Aikman, Michael Jordan, Ken Griffey Jr., and then let me think of one more guy that's not in sports, someone whose story inspired me, um, someone who, you know, I'd like to to pick their brain and ask them some questions. Hmm. It would be a toss-up. It'd be between Gary V. He's alive, obviously. It'd be between Gary V. Just because, like, I've I've seen his story and his mm-hmm. his you know his rise. Yeah. Um. And I like I just watched like a documentary about him and how he came up. The last spot would be between these three white guys: <laughs> Gary V. Uh, Ronnie from Kith, Ronnie Feig, Ronnie uh-huh, Flag uh-huh. from Kith, and Scooter Braun. Just because okay. they're at the top of my mind, I recently watched like their stories and how they came up mm-hmm. and. It blows my mind when people that inspire me or that I look up to, I hear their stories and I can parallel their stories to mine. Like, I, I left school too. I quit my job too. I, I told this person that I didn't want to do this too. And I started this thing and it sucked at first. And I kept doing it and one thing it became like, you know, so, man, that's, that's a bunch of people. Uh, MLK, Troy Aikman, <laughs> uh, MJ, Ken Griffey Jr., Gary V. Uh, in a rotating we, go. we got a whole dinner table. We good. <laughs> Gary V, Ronnie, and uh, Scooter Braun. We added some more seats to the table, but that's perfect, bro. Um, and so yeah, I got you on the pod. Obviously, talking nets, we up there with it. So I gotta get your your opinion on the whole big three super team nets, Harden, Kyrie, KD, all of it. So first of all, before we get into the whole big three thing, um. What were your thoughts on the whole Kyrie absence? Like, I know he's supposed to come back tomorrow, Wednesday, against the Cavs. But, like, I, some people on Twitter were, were on Twitter, still are, ripping him. Some were supporting him, more so ripping him than not. But, like, what side of the fence were you on? I support Kyrie. I've been pretty firm on that. The only thing I didn't support was the disconnect between the communication mm-hmm. with him, Steve Nash, Sean Marks. The media, the national media, they hate Kyrie, and that's because the national media has Cavaliers fans and Celtics fans and mm-hmm. Duke haters uh-huh, and uh-huh. Um, people that just like to hate on young brothers like him that think differently and they can't control. Um, so I, I support Kyrie, and I knew that Kyrie was tending to things that needed to be tended to that he looked at as a separate issue outside of basketball because at first I'm like, bro – Come on, you knew we were starting up. You knew the season was starting. You're supposed to be there for your team. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, there, he's come on. Think about it. We're early in the season. You see him popping up on a Zoom meeting for someone that's running for um, like Manhattan district attorney or uh-huh. something like that. And you hear about him buying a house for George Floyd's family. There's plenty of African-American celebrities that could have chipped in to do that or just done it. No, Kyrie actually did it, and he didn't write home about it. He didn't get it on Good uh, Good Morning America to say, yeah, mm-hmm. I did that. So I supported it. Kyrie will be back. I watched his press conference today. Talking to us, we've been supportive. The only thing I said, I think it was last Monday, the 11th, you know, before we got hard. And I was like, it's Monday, bro. We haven't heard anything. You know, we just we want to hear official confirmation. And then Sean Marks came out with some stuff. But I don't trip off Kyrie. I'm, I'm a deep thinker, too. Like, I, you hear me talk about the universe, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I also like Kyrie's talk about being a native and talking about kings and queens and about the people that were on this earth before America came up with this American ideology uh-huh. of, 
of the land of the free and the home of the brave, but y'all not really that free and exactly. everything exactly. doesn't mean the same for everyone. Like America is a rookie country. America came up with these ideals and we hold these truths to be self-evident and they're pretty faulty as we're still seeing today when people want to attack our democracy physically. Mm-hmm. Wait, literally, we, thought y'all, we thought y'all were blue lives matter. We thought y'all were patriots. What is going on here? So, I, and I also know Kyrie basically said today, people think they know me. They, they thought that I was absent because of what happened on January 6th. No, that's part of it. Yeah, we all felt some type of way seeing that footage and seeing what went down there. But Kyrie, his, his, his dad and his uh, sister, their birthdays are on the 11th and 12th. Back to back, he had a party for them. He lost his grandfather when he was with the Celtics, and he said how much that made him learn about family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I, I lost my brother when I was 27, coming up um, on six years. And until you go through something like that, you don't understand what people are talking about. I, I didn't understand that for 27 years of my life till I lost my brother, and now I get it. When people change, when people feel a different type of way after losing a loved one, someone close to them out of nowhere, and it changes their, the way they move. And I got no problems with Kyrie. He's back. He worked out today. Um, and watch. He's going to kill. <laughs> no, don't think it's sweet. Like, you think he's – people talk about, oh, well, like Charles Barkley right after the game last night. Well, like, well Kyrie's not going to settle for taking only 10 shots. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, Chuck. Okay. Like, sit back and watch. We're about to have oh. the greatest show on earth. I said that on Talking Nets today. Sit back and watch. I watch everything. Baseball, basketball, football, college sports. Watching these Nets games with Harden and KD the last couple of nights, I'm like, I don't think I don't think my brain is ready for this level uh-huh. of basketball. The stuff that for they're sure. doing, I like. I'm trying to clip it up and rewind, and I'm like, man, this is happening for the New Jersey Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. No, 100. percent Um, I feel like when it comes to Kyrie, I've always given him. And so, obviously, like you said, like you called me out on, I'm the Lakers fan, Hunter's a Celtics fan. He has some some growing worries, and, like, he has some trauma when it comes to Kyrie. So, on our podcast, it comes to, like, I'm, I've am i always given him slack. And, like, what I said on the last episode of the Hoobon Nets podcast is, like, we don't, like, being an athlete and being a celebrity, being a, a public figure, like, everyone tries to put their two cents into your life, like, Nobody knows what's going on in that man's life. Nobody knows why he took his time off but him. So for us to, or anyone who's out there criticizing him or, or killing him for, for just leaving, like I, 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 I'm a little iffy on that. I agree with you that the, the, the not giving any notice to the Nets and like the lack of communication, that was what I like kind of didn't, didn't rock with him. But him needed to take time off. Like I understand that. Like we, we can't kill him for that because you, you don't know what he was dealing with and like you said like he donates to george he bought them a george floyd's family a house he like paid off nine hbcu college students tuitions like he does stuff that the media donated money to the WNBA uh when the bubble was going on and you know he's, he does food drives in jersey and brooklyn he this guy is a part of a group of influential and rich people that are literally changing the world. Mm-hmm. And he does a bunch of stuff and is never looking for anyone to pat him on the back about it. That's a solid guy. That's a guy that was raised the right way. That's the kind of guy I root for. I got Kyrie's jerseys, sneakers. I'm a Nets fan. I'm a Duke fan. I'm from Jersey. 
I've always supported Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to change now because the media wants to paint him into being a selfish diva or, exactly. you know, Stephen A. Smith wants him to retire. Stephen A., you retired. <laughs> you retired. I can do your, do- your job. Not, not you yes, can do sir. your job. Talk it. Talk it shit. There we go. Facts. Um, but, no, nah, that, that's, that's 100% right. Um, so the trade itself, how do you feel about the, the Harden trade? Do you feel like they gave too much up? Do you feel Ooh. like they didn't give enough? Like, do you feel like it was just right? You, I mean, you're a Lakers fan. Uh, I know. Listen, bro. I went, y'all wait, pulled wait. off. Y'all pulled off the heist. Yes, we did. And people, after they said y'all weren't going to be able to pull off that heist, similar with, with us, and then when stayed we on it, it off. When we mm-hmm. pulled it off, people on Twitter were like, "They got fleeced. That that was they got that was highway robbery. AD's not that good. They gave bi. Up. Oh my God, bi's going to be the next KD. Bi's just coming into his own. Lonzo is Josh Hart. Lonzo. Kyle Kuzma, they kept Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> and then we win the chip, and all that goes quiet. So, And like, not only did you win the chip, you won the hardest chip to win. It took a full year to win that chip. Yes, exactly. It took a pandemic in the middle of the season, a Talk bubble being created say for LeBron and the Lakers. Avery Bradley said, I'm not going, and they still <laughs> went in and won the chip. So... Yeah, you know it. So I, I don't feel like the Nets gave up too much because the NBA is built on stars and star power. I don't care what anybody says about a team. I don't know. The last complete team we saw win it was like the Spurs or the Pistons or something. It's about stars, bro. You know how I know it's about stars? Because LeBron James is the star of the NBA, and he's in the finals every year. Exactly. Did it? What did the Nets just do? They put together a team of three stars because the entire league has to figure out how to beat LeBron, how to dethrone the king. We can give up Karis LeVert. We can give up Jared Allen, Torian Prince, picks for next year. It's about this year. You don't have a healthy Kevin Durant coming back averaging 30 points a game and not win games. I I, I couldn't stand to see another loss early in the season with KD. I'm like, KD is killing. He's giving us 30 a night. So I don't think we gave up too much. In the first two games, the beard is two and zero as a net. He didn't even practice, bro. He didn't even practice. He just, he he has, just came through and just started. He had fourteen assists. He had fourteen assists in his first game. Never played with these guys. It's like when you're when you're in the park hooping and you say, "Oh, we need a we need a fifth. Anybody trying to run?" And you just so happen yeah, to be you. Harden. <laughs> and, and it happens to be James Harden finding everybody, getting everybody involved, and creating his own shot. No, I. Love what the Nets did. As a Nets fan, people also don't know. Like, the Nets fans are used to free agents not signing with us. Mm -hmm. People not wanting to come to New Jersey. People not wanting to come to Brooklyn. You know what? People celebrated us getting D'Lo three, four years ago from the Lakers. And I was like, man, fuck D'Lo. Like, why are y'all celebrating this? (laughs) We got to dream bigger. And we did dream bigger over the last few years. We got Katie and Kai. DeAndre Jordan came with them, but we won't go into that. And then, you know what? James Harden didn't want to be in Houston. You know why? Going back to the conversation that we were having, Tillman Fertitta, big-time Trump supporter. You already know what type of energy he's on. Harden said, I don't want to play for this guy anymore. Westbrook got up out of there. Harden didn't want to play there anymore. He forced his way out, and you know who stayed on the phone? Sean Marks. Yeah, it's me again. (laughs) What what, what do we got to do? Picks? Next year and the year – okay, you guys, James looked pretty sad in the press conference. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to play for you guys. You guys going to do this all year, or do you want to get better for your future? Mm-hmm. 
the Nets said, let us get Harden. Hashtag we got Harden. And, uh, man, we're, we've always been saying that this season is for a championship, but it's never felt more real than right now. No, that, that's 100%. And uh, people, I feel like a, a lot of people looking into the trade aren't, and wait, before I even say that, uh, it did hurt for me, and I'm not even a Nets fan, so I know it hurt for you, like, seeing Karras go, seeing Jared Allen go, like, you build a connection with those guys, and, like, you want to see them do well, so to not see yeah. them do well on your team kind of hurt, but the picks, like, for the, 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 the front end of the pick package that the Rockets got isn't going to be that good, because the Nets are still going to be good up until 2024, 2025, maybe even beyond, like, the back end, the 2027 or whatever, that might hit, but even still, like, that... We'll have rings! We'll have at least one ring! And Maybe. that kid is in seventh grade right now. Like, who who knows who that is? Like, And as Nets fans, right, we've been through this before. In 2013 with the Celtics trade, from every year after that not having a pick because Boston had a pick. We've been through this before. Mm-hmm. We Nets fans, we used to host the draft and not look <laughs> forward to the draft. That's a fact. Like, we don't care about the draft. Give us these three ridiculous players on one team and let them figure out how to win a championship and all will be forgotten. All will be well. I promise you, if we just get to the finals. Even if somehow, you know, game of game of zones comes back and then the King figures out how to win it again, we'll be happy just being able to compete. And I think we're, I mean, we just beat Giannis and the Bucks last night. And, and they Harden's were fully second. loaded, right? They were, they had their full team. They played everybody. B-Lo, DiVincenzo, Drew Holiday, uh, they they played everybody, and we played rookie Reggie Perry. <laughs> we played DeAndre Jordan 38 minutes, bro. That's a hazard. That's a hazard. That's a and hazard. Sean Marks even came out and said, like, the team isn't complete. Like, I think the Nets three have spots. Four, three, three spots open. Do you have anyone in mind that you want to they're talking. Like they're talking Kenneth Fareed. Alex Len just got waived from the Raptors. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll say this. You know, people want Jamal Crawford to come back because he was with us in the bubble for five minutes, and then, <laughs> hey, Father Time said, he got injured. Yeah, he got him up out of there. Mm-mm. Uh, I don't have anyone in mind, but I would love to see it be in the front court because if we're if we're planning on matching up against LeBron and the Lakers, like who is guarding AD? Mm-hmm. AD? Uh, not Reggie Perry, not DeAndre Jordan, it's Jeff tough. Green. And that's that's what I said. Like what I said this on the last episode of Football Nets. Like the Lakers are a team, especially LeBron, that likes to hunt matchups. And so like it's tough to switch everything with them because LeBron's gonna find that. Like there's KD's and DeAndre Jordan. I guess are and not even DeAndre Jordan because if LeBron gets him out on the perimeter, it's looking slow. So like KD's really the only one that can stick with him fully. So if LeBron hunts that Kyrie Harden. Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan matchup, like it's tough. He's already you know you know LeBron is already watching these games and looking, and he's got months in his head to figure out what he's gonna do when the time comes. We watch him attack every team in the bubble. We watch him win another chip. I put respect on the King's name. I'm a LeBron fan. When the when the Nets weren't as good, I told people I root for LeBron and the Nets <laughs> or the Nets and LeBron. I, sometimes when when LeBron would come to Brooklyn, I'm I'm torn. I don't know if I want LeBron to lose this. No, 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 hundred percent, bro. So if you had to put your money on it right now, like do you you say the Nets win the chip this year? I wouldn't put money on it yet, just because, like we don't this this roster is incomplete. 
and we don't know what this team's going to look like with Kyrie. I wouldn't put any of my money on it yet, but <laughs> we uh, we have been saying we're playing for a championship, and that's always been the goal. That's why you brought in the new coach. That's why you put Mike D'Antoni, Jacques Vaughn next to this new coach. You put Amari Stoudemire on that bench with the coach. You, you go out and make the trade for Harden. Um, it's supposed to be championship or bust. I think the Nets have a great chance to come out of the East. I don't know if we beat LeBron or whoever comes out of the West, but I'm looking forward to it. As someone that's now covering all the games and doing a podcast, this is the first time I've ever covered the NBA. I've just been a fan on the outside. I even put out a post today like, everyone is welcome here because I'm tired of seeing people in our replies like, oh, y'all some casual fans. or Oh, he didn't watch the finals last year. I don't care. I don't care about your pedigree as a fan. Come one, come all, watch this high-level basketball and enjoy it. I don't care if you're a bandwagon fan, a diehard fan. I don't care if, if you uh, hold the record for your varsity team of points scored. Like, everybody is welcome to enjoy this level of basketball, and it's going to be a fun ride. You know, 100%. I think calling the whole casual fan, like, making fun of them, I think that's lame. Like, that's not – You get no points for that. You like, don't, bro. Like, you don't. What are you trying to say? Cool. That's whatever, bro. Like, you started out – everyone starts out as a casual like, my like, bad, bro. I ha- I have a job that I work at night. Or my bad, I have kids. Like, I don't have as much time to study basketball like you. I'm not a basketball player. But I do enjoy some good basketball from time to time. So let me follow Talking Nets and, and say what I want to say in peace without, um I don't know, Kyrie Stan 11 saying, oh, y'all some casuals. <laughs> Kyrie Stan 11 with no profile picture. Like, come on, bro. No offense if there's actually a at Kyrie Stan 11. That's just. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. But no, um, when, if, if the Lakers and the and the, the Nets do meet in the finals, we got to do this again, bro. We got to do a little finals preview for real. This summer, man, if it gets, if it, I, that's what I was trying to tell people like internally in the company because talking Nets kind of started off as like the little engine that could. Mm-hmm. Like, We know Keith is dope. He's going to work hard. It might take off. It might not. Hudson, he's a college kid. He was interning for us, and then I elevated him as my co-host. And now I think everybody in the company is looking like you guys are growing really fast, and everybody's literally talking nets. If this thing gets to the finals where the Nets are facing LeBron, the whole world is going to be watching. So I'm, I'm going to come back on your podcast. You can come on our podcast. We're going to be doing interviews. We're going to be doing videos and content because that is going to be crazy. If if we can actually get New York versus L.A., Cali versus New York, East versus West in the finals, LeBron versus KD, Harden, Kyrie versus AD and the rest of them boys, that is, that is what all NBA fans are dreaming of right now 100 percent, bro um and yeah uh this that was basically the end of the gauntlet so only thing left is do you have any question you can ask me absolutely anything yeah man yeah so i think i also saw maybe i'm wrong with this uh and no, no i don't you work for cbs right now i work for cbs sports yeah cbs sports i feel like i saw a, a tweet of yours get picked up with some retweets or something and it was about like not having any credit card debt, like graduating college. Um, I think that's my most liked tweet ever, bro. You were like humble bragging. You were humble bragging, but like, I appreciated it. I appreciated that. Um, fill me in on your journey from like you're not at St. John's anymore. You're working at CVS. I want to know because I, I have fallen off on the Hoop Ball Nets podcast and following you. I'm following you now. The way the universe works, we reconnected like mm-hmm. this. Fill me in on just what you know, what you went through in 2020 to get from college to your job at CBS Sports and what you're doing every day now. 
Um, so yeah, um, I, I, when I first went to college, like I said, I went to St. John's, uh, I've born and raised in New York. I wanted to go to UConn, but I didn't want to take out any, I didn't want to take out any like loans to go to UConn and St. John's gave me the scholarships. I was like, whatever, I'm just commute on my freshman year. I majored in legal studies cause that's what my mom wanted me to major in. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I made my friend and I, Hunter, the boy I do the Hoop Nets podcast, so we made a, a a blog. It was called, what was it called? It was called First Class Sports. We made a blog, First Class Sports. We wrote like, this. it's still up now. There's like three articles on it. It's like uh, uh, mid-season awards in 2016 and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, like I like writing about sports doesn't feel like a job or doesn't feel like a hot, like it feels like a hobby. Like it feels fun. And so I was like, um, I kind of want to make, like, I want to major in journalism. So I changed my major my freshman year in journalism. Um, mom was like low key pissed, but like she's coming around. And so, so I'm, I'm working, I'm doing, uh, uh I'm going through journalism classes and I kind of like want to, I had re- re- uh, reached out to Aaron Bruski about like, he's the person that owns Hoopball about writing for their website. So I started writing about fantasy sports, started doing all that. And, but I wanted a podcast and like, I figured Hunter, bro, like if you write for hoop ball too, we could pitch a podcast to them and we could like maybe get their audience in to rock with us. So we're not starting from scratch because me and Hunter had a podcast that we were putting on SoundCloud called the grail that nobody was listening to except our very close family and friends. And so we were like, we want to, we want to like get more of an audience. So Hunter wrote for them for a while. And then I pitched to Brewski, like, what if we made a podcast? Like, we'll still write, uh, we'll still do all that. School wasn't that difficult for me. Cause like I wasn't majoring in like biology or nothing like that. Like I was majoring in, in like journalism. So it was just like writing, like, and that's like, that just comes natural to me. So I, I was writing and, Brewski was like, that's cool, but you need, and Hoopball didn't really have many podcasts. I think we were like one of the first, they had the Kings podcast, they had like a regular fantasy basketball one, and that was like really it. So we were the first, like the second team-based podcast, um, and so he's like, yo, you have to pick a team, and we were between the Knicks and the Nets, because like the Lakers have 10,000 podcasts, the yeah. Knicks have 9,000 podcasts. And the really the only Nets podcast out were like Locked On Nets, uh, and like when and the I glue would, guys and the glue guys. And so when I would look at, I, I went down and looked at podcasts, and it would be like their last post was like 2014, 2015. I'm like, oh, they they're not really active. So I'm like, the Nets is where we can make our mark, you, you know. And so things started going. On. Me and Hunter started doing hoop ball nets. Uh, made the Twitter, did all of that. Um, and you know, Pooch. Obviously, everybody knows Pooch. He went to St. John's, um, and so one of my, uh, like, for a class project, I had to interview someone, so he came, like, it was his senior year, and I was a freshman, so when he was about to graduate, I interviewed him for my podcast, so, like, that's my guy to this day, like, he got me an A-plus on my my, my project, so already, we was already tight, Um, and so so that's kind of, that. he also kind of inspired me to do the whole Nets thing, Um, and then... Fast forward, I started um, – start, we kept doing Hoopball Nets podcast, but we, we weren't really consistent. And still to this day, we like, that's our biggest issue. We're not consistent. Our schedules are weird, but, like, you make, like, we make it – we try and make it work. And so now we've been dropping an episode a week, but now we're going to start doing three episodes a week. Long story. But back to what I was saying. Uh, we uh, – fast forward, my sophomore year, I applied to be an RA. Didn't get it. 
I lived on campus, so I took out that loan. I took, and it was only like seven thousand dollars because I got the full tuition, but I had to pay for room and board or whatever. So it was a seven thousand dollar loan. Yeah. My junior year, I became an RA. So my junior and senior year, they paid for my like entire room and board. So the only loan I'd take out was my, for my sophomore year. I got an internship at CBS Sports as an operations coordinator. My senior, the first semester of my senior year, rode it through. In December, they offered me a full time position. But I told them, like, I can take it after I graduate in May. So I graduate in May. Well, COVID hits in, like, March. Like, COVID really gets tough in March. CBS Sports shuts down, like, the, the, like the office. And they're kind of like, there's nothing. Like, sports stopped. So it was tough. Like, they're not, they're, they're like, we're not going to hire you anymore because, like, there's nothing for you to do. So I was basically, I had no job this entire summer after, and I wasn't applying for jobs when I was leaving school because up until like May, I had thought I had the job. So I was kind of just like out and with no job. I was like, I was pissed. I was sad, depressed, all that for this whole summer. And then in August, I get a call from my old, well, my current boss, but he was my old boss back then. He's like, yo, like we need, like, we, we would love to have you back. Boom operations coordinator uh i reach out to kevin jones at blue wire uh because he's starting this thing called blue wire hustle where he wants like all these podcasts to come together and kind of like host this new platform he hits me back up he's like we would love to do it the run it up podcast is formed and uh yeah i'm just kind of trying to trying to make my way in this world and get to hopefully be where you are at one point you know you can pass me you can pass me soon (laughs) (laughs) how old are you I'm 22, bro. I'm a decade older than you, bro. You got time, man, and I love your story already, but, man, that's just a couple first pages of your story. Your your whole story is going to be written by the choices you make now after the pandemic, now that you got the job, now that you're on the podcast. Great choice bringing me on the pod. Let's stay connected. Add my LinkedIn. Uh, I'm sure we know some people in the same worlds or have some friends in common and we'll probably cross paths down the line in the sports world in the digital world in the podcast social media game so man thank you for having me on the podcast uh, i'm gonna be rooting for you i look forward to you know connecting with you in any way that i can help you out let me know and i don't say that to most people most people i'm just like good luck but like <laughs> Like a brother to brother, a young man that I like, I I knew who you were before you knew who I was. So, mm-hmm. you know, let me know if there's anything I could do to help you out and let's stay connected. No, I appreciate you, bro. Um, 100%. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on the pod. You were by, this is like a little bit biased, but don't tell anyone. You were by far my favorite guest. So far. <laughs> um, it was great having the conversation with you. Tell the people where they could find you, get your plugs off, do your thing. I mean, I, I keep it real simple. Uh, I'm authentic, real name, no gimmicks. Yes, sir. At Keith McPherson. And um, that's on Twitter. There's an underscore between my first name and last name. It's at Keith McPherson on Instagram altogether. But if you search Keith McPherson on any platform, uh, I'll most likely pop up. But I'd rather you search the stuff that I want. Nothing crazy. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm I'm out here and I've been out here for enough years where, like, you'll, you'll be able to connect the dots. But follow Talking Nets if you're into the NBA, if you're into the Nets, if you're just 
a basketball fan in the KD Harden, you want to hear some real fans talk about some stuff, some Twitter stuff, some NBA NBA stuff, follow Talking Nets. Follow at Pinstripe Strong if you're into baseball, if you're into the Yankee talk. If you want to see some guys talk about the Yankees and have fun, not just be talking about ERA and OBS and mm-hmm. what guys' batting averages are and, you know, the trade <laughs> deadline, like, if you want to see some guys have fun talking about baseball and add a little flavor, add a little sauce to it, that's what yeah. we do on Pinstripe Strong. And definitely check out John Boy Media. I'm telling y'all, this was the first year that we've had an office. The only way is up after making it through 2020. You will know and see John Boy Media throughout the sports world if you watch sports. I'm just mm-hmm. calling it like I see it. There's a lot of talent here. We're growing. Get on board now with people like me, Joe's. Talking Jake, John Boy, and, you know, ride this out with us for years to come, and you'll be able to say, man, I I linked with those guys in 2021, and look where they are in 2031. It's a a long ride, and it's a long journey, but we're on our way. Najee, you're on your way. Appreciate you again having me on the pod. I can't wait to listen to it and tell people to listen to it, and I hope that somebody listens to this and hears your experience, my experience, and can parallel it to their own, and they're inspired, and it motivates them to go out and live their dreams and do exactly what they want to do. Exactly. That's kind of what Run It Up means, and so uh, thank you again, Keith, for coming on the podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to the Run It Up podcast on Apple. Uh, follow the podcast uh, and download on Spotify. You can follow me at Najee Adams underscore. Follow the pod Twitter at Run It Up Pod. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Let's run it up. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Run It Up Podcast. If you want to keep up and see what Najee is up to, follow him on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore. Hit him with some questions or topics that you want to hear in the next episode of the Run It Up Podcast.